Good morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig. Hello. And Susie. Hello. And we straight back to the agenda. We've been away for a while. Yeah, you might have uh, noticed that we haven't been putting up a lot of podcasts recently. You've no doubt missed us. Um, I hope no one's actually committed suicide. Um, please, if you do get to that point, give us a call or an email and we'll talk you through it. And um, um, we'll, we'll talk about it on the following podcast six months later. <laughs> exactly. So do we want to tell them what happened, Craig, to the last episode that we actually recorded? And was it wait, wait, was it the one before that as well? No. No? Okay, the one before the one before that. Uh, unfortunately, the, the record button might not have been depressed. <laughs> The button might not have been depressed correctly in the correct fashion by somebody. He shall remain nameless. <coughs> shall Craig. remain Craig. I mean, nameless. Um, yeah, so if you so have that's... any issues with the lack of... Uh... Email Craig. What's yeah. your uh, Twitter username, Craig? I don't use Twitter. He doesn't use Twitter. Hash, I don't use Twitter. I mean, what? <laughs> okay, so uh, we don't actually have any email or feedback this month or this episode. Um, but no doubt we will next time. Maybe if we didn't have an email, maybe that means no one actually missed us. Perhaps we're all just wasting our time. Notice board. So I'm being told to move on. New Zealand Skeptics Conference is coming up September 6 to 8. It's in Wellington. And there are speakers, according to the agenda. There are. There are. It is conference.skeptics.org.nz to register. I'll be there. And Craig and Susie will both be there. I will probably not be there because I don't have any leave left or any money. So, but I'll be there in spirit or something. <laughs> Whatevs. Okay. So yeah, that's that's coming up. Do we want to tell them what some of the speakers are? Because I think there's one that's been confirmed that we didn't know about last time, which is reasonably exciting. Is it on the website? It's not on the website yet, so I'm not oh. sure whether we're allowed to say. Oh, shall we say? Well, yeah, because by the time the podcast is it'll out, be it'll announced. be confirmed. Yeah. And they're, they're organising flights and stuff. Yeah. So it's Pamela Gay yeah. is coming to oh, the really? conference. Okay. Yes. Um, Pamela Gay is from <clears throat> the... Someone? US. Anyone? She's from the US. She's a, an astronomer. She do, she's an astronomer and she she's has a, a podcast called... called... <laughs> is hers the 365... No, well, she did a, she did a 365 Days of Astronomy. Astronomy cast. Astronomy cast, that's right. Along with Fraser... Kane. She did one of them. Kane. Is, is that's that what it was? Right. Fraser Kane. Yes. Um, what else does she do? Interestingly, she's a Christian. Is she? Mm. Well, that is interesting. Perhaps we should invite her to Skeptics in the Pub, Craig. She can come and do a talk and get, get questioned. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting. It is. Okay. Um, so there you go. That's coming up. Um, exciting. As far as we know. Um, really briefly, uh, the bad astronomer, Mr. Phil Plate, is Dr. Phil Plate. Must be a doctor. doctor is he a doc- yeah. Dr. Phil Plate is coming to Australia. Uh, sorry to wind everyone up there, but yeah, he's not coming to New Zealand as far as we know yet. Although I'm going to continue to make inquiries. But if you happen to be in Australia, um, whenever that is, then so pop when is over he there? and say hi. He is there. And who? From August this? the 8th to the 14th. So, oh, yeah. really soon. <laughs> yeah. Very like soon. Next Probably week. before so the podcast comes out. chances of him coming over here seem pretty remote. Pretty remote. Although, if we send him an email right now and flick him some money for airfares, we might be able to sort something out. Yeah, but but he might I don't know. not actually have time. He might not actually have time. Because he's probably a rather busy man. Probably. Anyway. Time so, to be the killer. that may not even be into... <clears throat> so, 
Um, something I found on my fridge just now, a report from Susie about what she did on her holidays. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to read that out for us, Susie? I thought you guys might be interested in what I okay, did. Okay, what did you do on your holidays? holidays? So I went to Convergence. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So not only did I go to Convergence, but I actually went to SketchitCon. Oh, okay, so, that sounds um, more interesting. What is Convergence? So Convergence is um, a, I would say big, but probably not in terms of sci-fi conventions, big um, convention in Minneapolis every year. Um, about 7,000 people take over a hotel. It was just the most amazing thing. But what's really cool is that Rebecca Watson and her skeptics um, run a, a science and skepticism track at this um, at this convention. And so I went along uh, as one of their as one of their guests, um, mm-hmm. and I just had an amazing time. So we did some really cool stuff. There were some really cool people there. Not only did I get to meet lots of other uh, skeptics, but um, they so they had these sort of panel discussions, like ones where um, uh, sci-fi writers could come and ask questions about the worlds they were creating, and we'd go, "Nah, nah, that's not gonna work." <laughs> or, "Yeah, you could do this." Oh, that's cool. Um, which was really cool. Uh, they also had so there were lots of those kinds of things. They had what was fantastic... the, what was the best question from that? Oh, that was in your that. area. Anything that like... was that was when I had just arrived. Ah, okay. It was like 10 p.m. <laughs> uh, I think they've recorded all of them at some point. I believe they're busy um, editing them all. They'll, okay. they'll go up. They were they they did loads and there were loads that I didn't I didn't make. Like one of them that Rebecca did, which was the science or lack of it in Prometheus, uh-huh. which was quite like a hilarious. whole panel just about yeah, Prometheus. Yeah, yeah that makes Prometheus. sense. But yeah. because I had Evie with me, um, I ah. didn't get to go. I basically got to do oh, stuff that um, Evie wanted to that. do. Which was really fab. Which so, was it all Harry Potter? Uh, there were lots of there were lots of um, Hogwarts students and even a Dobby who did, kept did, seeing Evie and asking her if she needed anything because Evie was dressed as Hermione from Harry was. Potter. But they, they also so it was amazing. They basically took over this hotel. They one of the rooms was set up as a cinema, so it just had loads of sofas and you can go in and they played films all day. That was really cool. Um, another room they had um, covered the floor in plastic and that was basically like a. A wet room where people came and did activities so um i ran a, a session on bioluminescence and um basically i had managed to get some of my bacteria over there and we found a lab who would pour hundreds of petri dishes and i got people to draw their designs on a piece of paper and then trace over them onto petri dishes with the glowing bacteria and then we took photographs of it the next day and put them up on Flickr. so we've got all these cool. pictures of tardises and daleks and stuff it was quite it was quite fun. It was, it was really good. Oh, um, nice. But one of the highlights, certainly for Evie, was um, dissecting owl pellets, um, which was a session that PZ Myers organized. So oh, um, nice. that was really fun. Dissecting um, what? Owl pellets. So this is basically um, owls eat lots of stuff and then they regurgitate oh, right. um, pellets, which are the fur and the bones kind of oh, in okay. the Oh, okay. That could be quite interesting. Then. Yeah. So you get them and you pull them apart and you find lots of skulls, which is what we did. Nice. Um, so they... Um, yeah, so we basically were dissecting our pellets and That's doing awesome. stuff with going bacteria and So what's the purpose of things. dissecting our pellets? Just to see what, what they, they eat. All oh, right. Okay. And so they had a little display of different size skulls so you could find out whether they would they what you had in your pellet was a rat or a shrew or a mouse oh, okay. or something. Okay. Like. Cool. But presumably um, some of the stuff they eat actually comes out the other end. Yes. Yes. But right. this is this was the bones. The bones and the fur come ah, out as right. a pellet. Right. That is quite cool, actually. I did it not know that. excellent. And Evie just that. loved it. And she just kept saying, can we have another one? Can we have another one? Yeah. So we dissected a lot of our pellets. Oh, you did? Fun. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, and we found awesome. lots of skulls. And then obviously we couldn't bring them home. <coughs> we had to leave them behind. So 
we yeah. didn't try and bring them into the country. Oh. Um, yeah, that was really good. So um, we'll probably put some links up to some of the sessions. Like there was, they so I said they did the Prometheus one. They did one on um, uh, penises in the animal kingdom, various stuff like that. But wow, yeah, fascinating. That so cool. that was the convergence. What was the other one? So so that was the skeptic con, which was a track at convergence. Oh, at so convergence. They basically so just that was all, all one thing. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously at convergence, there was other stuff, you know, yeah. people like there was there was even a session dedicated to elementary versus Sherlock. Um, oh, the okay. two Sherlock Holmes yeah. kind of reboots. Uh, yeah, it was it was great. We had a fantastic time. Was, it was, was just, blood drawn? No, well, this is the amazing thing about this place. 7,000 geeks, yeah. um, you know, of all sorts of persuasions uh, and no, and huge amounts of alcohol and no, uh, no violence at all. Yeah. Actually, and the other thing that was really cool about this, um, about Convergence, was that they had all these party rooms. So um, various organizations could hire a room for the weekend and then kind of set that up. And, and so um, Skeptic had a room where they had... Um, this lady called Anna doing um, making cocktails, and she gave a little spiel about uh, about kind of um, natural remedies, I guess. And so her cocktails were based around um, Angostura bitters, and I didn't realise this, but Angostura bitters were um, developed in uh, in like the eighteen hundreds as a tonic. Ah, so right. it was supposed to be a cure all. So her point was about cure alls and about asking for evidence and stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah. So there's also. Uh, They'll be that's been put up online on Skeptics um, YouTube channel. Fantastic! It was, it was great fun. Highly recommended. So jelly. If you can get over to Minneapolis in July, I can't even get to Wellington <laughs> in September. So, that's, and that's where your mother lives. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my whole family's in, in Wellington. Right. Well, outrageous. Yeah. Not just my mother. So, on to news. The first news item, which is not a news item per se. From the Friendly Atheist, who links us to um, Alex Gabriel's blog, who has found a list of British atheists who aren't white. Men. Men. Aren't white men, I oh, see. Right. Yes. Because there's a lot on. of white in there. <clears throat> yes. Um, well, you do see, tend to, when you go to atheist and sceptic events, uh, see mostly white people, I guess, and mostly men. Well, and this is partly because when you go to any any conference or convention people ask who they know mm. and that tends to end up being this sort of self-perpetuating thing the people you tend to hang out with yeah and then yeah. they get to, tend to get more invitations to stuff because people hear them mm. so these guys have put together this list and the call is if you need a speaker uh, why don't you consult this list yep. instead of getting um yep. you know the usual horseman of the ap- apocalypse Whatever it was, oh, the remaining, the remaining, yes, the remaining horsemen. And you could get these guys, yep. many of, all of whom, I guess, are, are great. It also gives new people for um, people to, you know, new blogs to follow, new people to follow on Twitter, stuff like that. Cool. It's cool. Hmm. I've heard of some of these. Well, I can I tell you what I really like about this is that I had a look through the list and I recognised um, a very bright, red-headed lady on this list. Um, is it Jane Goldman? Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was kind of really awesome. So this is really bad, but the reason I know Jane uh, Jane or know of her is because she's married to Jonathan Ross. Ah. Um. But she's basically an awesome person in her own right, and they don't mention the fact that she's married to Jonathan Ross. They right. mention her for all the awesome stuff. Oh, that oh, she that's does. good. Okay. So I thought that was really cool. Awesome. Yes. Well done, you guys. Yeah. But we should probably. I don't know. We should 
everyone should put together a list really hmm okay so stop reading that and go back to the agenda craig do you want to tell us about your news article in yeah yes. pasta infects boy with hiv yes well it's kind of a kind of a sad article really um but just ludicrously ludicrously kind of almost hilarious almost hilarious yeah. it wasn't so sad obviously there's um different standards in different places in the world and um so there was this there was this pastor um who was the head of a church uh, called the new jerusalem religion um and so he basically uh there was a there was a father father and son who went along to his church um it seems that um this pastor took a liking to the boy and requested the boy is 14 year old 14 years old um and requested that um the boy come and stay with him during his holidays and uh well this is the best bit to which the victim's father agreed yeah well perhaps they thought he was going to get some spiritual spiritual guidance guidance yeah okay anyway um as it turns out um the the father noticed that the boy was um not feeling very well whenever he came back from the pastor's place and he uh he was tested and it turns out that uh he's hiv positive um, although I doubt whether that's actually the cause of not feeling well, um, <laughs> but perhaps it was the, um, the the fact that he'd been sodomized by this five times, uh, five times according to the uh, according Boy. to the fourteen year old, five times by this pastor. Um, however, the pastor has come up with a few excuses. Yeah, this is his justification. Uh, the justification, yes, is that actually um, whenever he's drinking alcohol, he starts feeling horny. His libido, uh, his libido is increased, yes. He, he, and, he admits and, he's sorry, but he insisted it was only once. It was only once, yes. And so according to the pastor, uh, he says, realizing that my libido was high, I decided to masturbate. And after a while, when I realized I was about to come, in brackets, discharge, discharge. I rushed and inserted the tip of my penis into his anus where I ejaculated, and that was all, he remarked. Oh, oh well, if that's, that's all. That's all. Well, oh, that's all right, then. That's all. That's fine. The boy just happened to be ready. I, how, <laughs> and presumably Just lubricated. rushed in, and there it was, and yeah. so... <laughs> wow. Yeah. So um, we clearly have different standards. Oh, and it's okay, yeah. because all the times he's had sex with men, he was always on top and not down. He yeah. pointed out and explained that he always penetrated and had never, had been, never been penetrated. penetrated. He, he made, seems make? to have made great pains to explain <laughs> that. Um, <clears throat> well, yes. anyway, he's been detained by the police. Oh, sorry, I, I'll take that back. I understand what he's getting at there because the next line is that he indicated that he had tested negative for HIV some time ago but did not know his current status. So what he's saying is that he has not been on the receiving end. Yeah, but this, of you, can you don't have to be. You can get it by being a penetrator sure. rather than a penetratee. Yes, but that's that's why he what he's trying to say is he doesn't think he didn't think that he was because he doesn't yeah, well, think you can because yeah. He also has sex with women. I mean, he's you, know, you can bisexual apparently. Yes. Yeah. If you exchange sad, your juices sad, with sad. anybody, you can get yeah. yeah. HIV. Outrageous! Wow. So there you go. Mm. So, redefining how species evolve. Yeah, we're something do a little bit more interesting. Hopefully. Science, 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 yay! Science, 
So I just read this in New Scientist and I thought it was really interesting. I tried to read it in science, but oh God, it's bloody scientific gobbledygook the way it's written. Anyway, so um, what they've done is um, looked at a, a few different species of wasp. And um, there are two of these species of wasp that are genetically very similar. Um, and when they mate, they can produce viable offspring. But there's another um, species of wasp that's less similar to those two species. And when you try and, and breed them, um, most of the offspring are not viable. Mm -hmm. Right. So they basically are not related. Not viable or not sterile? They, or sterile. No, they don't survive. Don't survive. Okay. Yeah, they don't Sorry to stop any... you just there, but the, the definition of species is two creatures that cannot well, that's, reproduce. That's is, that, not, is that too simple? True. Yeah. I think that's Not really? too simplistic. Yeah, okay. Too simplistic. Carry anyway. on. Okay. So um, that's Nathan's definition yeah. of species. Well, it's actually it's actually Stephen Fry's <laughs> definition of species. Oh. So. Okay. Well, um, what? The, okay. But what they found is right. So all these wasps have got gut microbes. If you grow all these wasps in a sterile environment so they don't have any microbes, and then you try doing the matings, suddenly and the number of viable offspring increases. So you've got these wasps that when you try and breed them, don't produce viable offspring. But if you remove their gut bugs, now oh. suddenly they can produce viable offspring. Ooh. And if you take those offspring, I believe, and now put the microbes back into them, they die. Oh. And so it's sort of giving um, strength to the hypothesis that the... that. Um, that the evolution of species is not just about that particular organism. Hmm. Um, but, it's uh, it's about the kind of um, so it's so, so yeah so, so, okay, so the natural selection is not about an individual organism. It's about sort of the organism and its associated gestalt, as it were. microbes. Yeah. Right. So basically, the microbes of these wasps have, play a role in whether the offspring live or die. So what's happening more or less is that the offspring have some sort of um, it's called an allergy. They, yeah, they so, die if they get them, and the microbes infect them after they're born. Yeah. Yeah. So the the idea is that probably these microbes are um, stimulating their immune response and in a bad sure. way. Doing so something. when they breed, um, the the offspring have these microbes, and basically they don't survive because they're triggering some immune response. Whereas if mm. you remove those, then they survive. Mm, I just nice. thought it was kind of really interesting that yet again. The microbes are really, really important, and you know, I should be considered like it's not. It's again more evidence that it's it's not a that we're not humans with our microbes. We are microbes that happen to yeah. be part of human. Yes, use humans to get around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. That's fantastic. Did I so that this well completely disproves evolution, then, does it? No, <laughs> no, it's just creationists have leapt on this. <laughs> I don't think so, um, but it's just it's just moving fast, away from the. You know things the thinking of individual organisms yeah and actually of meta organisms so yeah. we are more than just human right. we are we are the sum of our parts and in some organisms that like there's been shown i'm that more sum than of the parts, sum of my parts well yeah. precisely um the sum of the parts is what's really important hmm. yeah um, oh, good. and i like that I, to me as a microbiologist that's kind of quite elegant it's very pleasing yes it is um so moving on from there to kickstarter banning Genetically modified organisms. Yeah. Susie. So this comes about um, a, a couple of months ago. There was a Kickstarter um, project put up to make bioluminescent plants, and their target was something like sixty-five thousand 
dollars hmm. and very 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 quickly they made half a million more than half a million dollars um so this is three guys in san francisco who are part of the biohacking community oh nice um and uh it's kind of interesting that <clears throat> i think i think the closest they might be to microbiology uh, to biology is one of them's possibly a biochemist the rest are not yep. biologists but they're part of this biohacking community anyway um and obviously being a bioluminescence thing i kind of was interested and i read it and there are certainly some flaws in their logic some of the stuff they, they it's like they get sort of bioluminescence genes mixed up and all ah. sorts of things and they contacted me afterwards and asked me if i would um help guide them which they definitely need right but one of their so rewards did you contact them or did they just call you out of the blue no well i'm so i've i have been advising this biohacking community ah, right yes um so they found you through that. yeah so yep. they know me through that and they basically asked if i would help um but I've god susie's had... been revealed as a hacker <laughs> but i've had no more contact with them since then so actually i wonder what they're busy so basically doing. they just put up this kickstarter project holiday somewhere spending their half a million well, dollars yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they just put up this kickstarter project thinking this would be a cool idea if we could do it they actually yeah. didn't know how to do it well they've done some reading <laughs> but they don't they're not they're not experts we in should this, come so up they, with a cool well, idea yeah yeah so they um yeah it was very clear from reading their blurb that actually they were getting things confused and there were right. definitely issues that they were going to have and they needed some advice so i've got a good idea have you for a kickstarter project have a you time machine okay <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do you reckon we need Cut, say uh, twenty thousand dollars uh, more than that <laughs> at least half a million dollars yeah but it's pretty easy you just get on a plane and travel anywhere from new zealand and you've traveled in <clears throat> It's just a box with a chair in it, and it travels with time. <laughs> anyway, um, the point ultimately, was, can they do what they're promising? Do you think, with your help? Well, yes. The question is whether it's going to be bright enough to see. I see. So, okay. absolutely, people have engineered plants before, and in fact, there's another. There was another paper that they referred to where someone had made some plants, um, and they have started a company but basically nothing has happened with that company so that makes me wonder whether actually they haven't been able to make them bright enough to see and who's going to want to glow in the i mean they're proposing these as being used as night lights yes you know they need to produce enough light sure. and the way they've been made in the past i mean one of the first things i did as an undergraduate was made glowing plants right right this is not this is easy to do um but using certain genes where you have to add substrate what they want to do is not add substrate so these plants um glow all the time ah. if you if you have to add substrate they only glow when you add this you can add it to the soil but it's really really expensive yeah, what does it mean by adding substrate so this is a chemical reaction right yes, yeah. and so you take a chemical you have this luciferase enzyme and then you produce light yeah. and there's lots of different bioluminescence systems so the ones that i use in my bacteria they um, produce their own substrate so as long as they have all the genes for producing these things they glow nicely yeah. um, the most widely used in in organisms like plants and mice is the firefly luciferase where we don't know how fireflies make their substrate so you add the substrate as an extra thing so when we were making these glowing tobacco plants you would spray them with this luciferin which is the substrate and then they glow but as soon as they've used up all the luciferin they stop glowing right. and the idea that these guys want to do is make them using essentially the bacterial system um, or, and they had a few other things they could try. I mean, they're basically reading the, been reading the literature, but don't know it well enough. Don't know what it's don't know what's going to work, and also confuse the two things in their right. in their project write up. Yeah. Um, and as I say, there was somebody who said they had done it before, and then formed a company, and nothing has happened with that company. 
suggesting to me that they haven't cracked this, making them right. bright enough. So, fine. But anyway, one of the rewards was seeds from these plants. And, and then the higher the reward you went was, you know, the bacteria to engineer the plant so you could engineer your own plant and a manual on how to do it. Um, Sounds like a bad idea. Like well, idea. Yeah, but in the States, this is, you know, this is, this is allowed. Yeah. Right? right? And, I mean, yes, as somebody who grew up in the UK where also all of this stuff is, you know, I mean, this, this is what I do for a living. I genetically modify things yeah. for a living. And we aren't allowed to leave, you know, they're not allowed to leave our lab. Yeah, if they do, they, they have to go to another lab and very special. Yeah. So the fact that people could just be doing it in someone's garage and then give it to all their pals is kind of, makes my head sort of explode. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but what's happened is Kickstarter have now banned creators from giving genetically modified organisms as rewards. And wow. we were, it's, you know, it's a one, so they, it doesn't, follow for this obviously because this project is now successfully Done. funded yeah but i just wonder whether this stops somebody from saying i'm going to make some genetically modified mice or something yeah. like that and give them those rewards so we're probably not going to be seeing a kickstarter for glow in the dark cats anytime soon i would say not hmm. no but, but again we know how to do it i mean this is the, you can't get glow in the dark cats. Susie, can I, <laughs> but can they I tend please? not to be bioluminescent oh. they tend to be fluorescent <clears ones. throat> is that the the kitten i'll get all the black lights yeah well, can, yeah, I have yeah, a, can, can i have a can you do it to my cat i shall say nothing oh <laughs> Um, but I just thought it was really interesting, and I, I need to follow up with these guys and find out where they are. Um, I mean, the, you know, the video they make looks fab, yeah. but hmm. I, I have doubts as to whether they're going to okay. achieve what they say they're going to anyway, achieve. But they've raised the. I mean, this is follow. kind of the sad thing as well as the scientist who's really struggling to do my science. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that took these three idiots. Dare I call them cowboys? you know, a couple of weeks and they've raised half a million dollars. Mm, yeah. And what is there any accountability? So no. What, so they just well, get the there, money. There and... is, in a sense, and the Kickstarter rules state that if you complete your Kickstarter, you must deliver the yeah. item or <clears throat> give the money back. Right. Yeah. But that's it. There's no actual yeah. policing of that. And it's well, up and to they the... Could, you know, they could easily make some transgenic seeds and hand them over. Yeah, right. The question people is in the whether... Anyway, they, yeah. yeah the question is whether they're going to achieve and, and the whole point of the project was to see whether they could make plants that were bright enough to see yeah and i am not convinced right mainly because it doesn't look like they know what they're doing but they all <laughs> seem very nice um and i just hope they do actually get back in touch yeah so or find some other people who can help them i mean worst case scenario if they sent out a packet of seeds of glowing plants to yeah. everyone that that backed and they've technically fulfilled their obligations, even if the plant isn't bright enough to be used as a yeah, nightlight. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They've you tried. Know, no one's the worse off. No. Really. No. But it's just the... I just still... My mind boggles at the fact that they can do this when I struggle <coughs> with, Didn't you, know, you um, kind of stuff Didn't you kickstart one of your things recently? Yeah, and, and we got raised some... like $5,000 or something. Well, so there you go. Yeah, but that's it. how you it. do it from now on. <laughs> <laughs> you just promised. Well, you obviously weren't offering enough glow-in-the-dark stuff. Next time, offer yeah. some glow-in-the-dark cats to everyone. <laughs> glow-in-the-dark kitten for, I don't know, 100 bucks. <laughs> I'd, I'd pay 100 bucks. They would cost a lot more to make than oh. that. Damn. You, but you can breed them. True. Yeah. Not here, though. Why not? Maybe glow-in-the-dark rabbits. Genetically modified. So, so the, there is actually, if you want a genetically well, that's modified, you can use. if you want a genetically modified pet, there is one commercially available. Oh right. Um, they're called glowfish, and oh. they are zebrafish that fish. have got um, fluorescent proteins inside them. Cool. They're pretty cool. Are I'd they? love them, but they're only available in the US. Ah. Well, why do you want to glow in the dark cat anyway? I don't know. 
It's like glow in the dark things. <laughs> Wasn't there an episode of Sherlock where um, there was a glow in the dark rabbit or something? A fluorescent rabbit? Not sure. Oh, mm. no. quite funny. Well, they would breed well, I'm sure. Yeah, they would. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, so moving on then to Woo Zealand. First article in Woo Zealand is about fluoridation, Craig. Okay, so you're probably aware that the Hamilton City Council recently um, stopped, made a decision to stop fluoridating their water. Despite the fact that only 20% of people actually wanted that to happen or something. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there was sort of a big outcry about how the process worked in that the council had a vote, but they basically stacked the deck because they... They removed anybody from the voting process who actually knew right. anything about fluoridation. Those people, I believe, excluded themselves because they had a conflict of interest because they worked for well, yes, health I boards, think they, which they thought just they were to me be... sounds ludicrous. Yeah. Why yeah. they're the people if you that have actually some know no knowledge about it. You would remove yourself. Yeah. I think they should all be shot. Exactly something they... important like fluoridation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, the um, head of the council did say that she felt this was an issue that they shouldn't be deciding on and that it was a public health issue that should be made by the central government. Yeah, right. But then she went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And so there was a, some years ago in Hamilton, there was actually a referendum that, and the majority of the people said, yes, we want fluoride in our water. Mm. So um, not that not that really the people should decide because it is a public health issue and, um, and the science is on the side of fluoridation. But there is this well organized it seems anti-fluoridation mm. group in new zealand called the fluoridation action network mm, they've got their sights set on auckland now yes so they're trying and to get fluoride removed from auckland water what's kind of interesting about the story is that it took all of the sort of scientists and and i guess public health people completely by surprise yeah. so yeah. those scientists that i know in and, and bloggers and stuff that I know in Hamilton, you know, they weren't expecting this. And suddenly it was like, what the hell has just happened? Mm. Like they completely had their eye off the ball. Um, well, they responded that suggests very... to me as well, though, that it's not just us not paying attention. It's that they, they managed to sneak this in somehow. But not only that, I think that <laughs> they've been well advertised. But it's but it's it's also a case of those people who have a vested interest in something like the anti anything. Mm. You know, they are more vocal. Yeah, they yeah. are more, more likely to go out <clears throat> and preach. Um, they care and, a lot more. Yeah, and everyone else is just like, you know, oh, this is clearly such a stupid idea. Who's going to fall for this? And then, lo and yeah. behold, People you do. kind of get taken by surprise. Mm. What do you think their motivation is, though? Well, I guess they're uh, my. They're libertarians, right? They basically don't want... You know, this is something Government making that, decisions for them. Well, not only that, but why... They don't want mass dosing. You know, if, mm. if they want to take fluoride, then they want to take... You know, then it should be... It should be an individual's responsibility, not something that's done to you, I guess, is their thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not like it costs very much money. It's just the fact that, that that a lot of them... I guess a lot of them believe that it's bad for you. and that, There's certainly that an element of that yeah. for some of them. But yeah. I think a lot of it is is this whole... And part Why of is, is the government not... force-feeding us medication? Yeah, they see it as that, force-feeding uh, medication as opposed to topping up something that Yeah, that occurs have. naturally. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and also this kind of, you know, well, poor parents, so it really only benefits poor kids. Well, frankly, poor parents should be should be, should yeah. be looking after their kids. Better, yeah. Or they shouldn't be having them in the or first place. Well, there is that too. Heaven forbid. Um, I want to point everybody to a fantastic animation that was produced um, by Ryan Ferguson, um, looks like over a year ago 
that has uh, that is basically has all the information about fluoride. Um, it's only a couple of minutes long. It's really really good, and we'll put a link to it. You Someone should was share playing it with that everyone. before I heard some of it. It sounded quite good. Mm, yeah, it shows you how much how much the fluoride they put in the water. Yeah. Um, why we need it in New Zealand, stuff like that. Hmm. Mm. Well, we're looking at. But we'll it's a poison. Indeed. Yeah. It's a byproduct of um, smelting aluminium, isn't it? <laughs> pretty sure that's, yeah so it's obviously bad obviously bad yes um and it's big aluminium that wants us to use it because obviously otherwise they'll have to dispose of it rather than sell it to the government you see yes you see hmm. so there you go cool so um some good news hopefully this will cheer everybody up <coughs> destiny churches charter school bid has been rejected destiny churches bid to establish a charter type school has been declined Church was informed on Tuesday. Tumty tumty tum. Um, so basically, they the charter schools. I assume everyone knows about charter schools. Um, what are they? What are, what's the general idea? Sort of a collaboration between the government and an organisation of some sort. Well, it's basically to get funding a, to run a school. Yeah, I mean, it's an organisation that doesn't want that wants to get their agenda agenda into a school can get money from the government to run a school. Yeah, although that's not the that's not the point of it. Per se, that's just the end result, rather than and yes. it's and it's kind of known from other countries that this is not a good idea. Yeah. So it doesn't it hasn't worked anywhere. Presumably, it's only it's only on the cards because the people who can make these decisions have got an agenda. Yeah, yeah, and want people and like want... churches to be able to run a school. Yes, yeah. So Destiny wanted to run one, um, and they've been told no, which is at least. Something. I presume you're going to be a bit of a blow for their their destiny city or whatever it is they're trying yes. to. Yes, so that's that's it. They they do actually have um, a lot of land somewhere and a lot of. Let's see if I can find it. Um, Down south somewhere. Yeah. Sort of partners. Destiny School in Wirree, South Auckland, now has 150 students. 80 percent of them Maori. Parents had to pay fees, and the church has also put resources into the school. Uh, under the fully f funded partnership model, Destiny School would have been able to grow. Um, I thought it said something here about them having a... Yeah, but they do. They have some sort of plans to have their own little mm. fortified city yeah. where they all live. Which, That's to be great. honest, sounds like kind of a great idea, doesn't it? <laughs> Particularly if we could somehow lock the doors from the outside. <laughs> Another Waco. Um, okay, maybe not. <laughs> um... Yeah, so looks like there's been about 35 applications from groups wanting to establish partnership schools. Hmm. Uh, accountable to the government for raising achievement through a contract. But, but also there was the thing about them not being, um, they wouldn't be covered under the if Official Information Act. So you couldn't put ah, in official information right. at requests about charter schools. Yeah. Which again just shows that the people trying to push them through have something to hide. They do, absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Well, okay, so charter school's bad. Disney Church not getting one. Yay. Good. Yay. But frankly, it shouldn't just be Destiny's church, it should be all of them. Yeah. Maybe it was just one done to uh, dangle a carrot in front of their face and then whip it away from them to annoy <laughs> yeah. them. Yay. Maybe it's all just a big, huge joke. Ha ha, just kidding. We're not doing charter schools. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay. So this next one is Susie talking about Joe Bennett on natural products. 
If you fancy a giggle, okay. Um, Joe Bennett has written a fantastic piece uh, in the press um, around uh, natural products, I, I guess targeted at men. Um, so he starts by saying, um, or by quoting an advert that he's seen, why don't men like talking about their prostate? Hmm. Um, and he goes on to talk about, well, actually, at the Little Friends of the Prostate meeting, prostate. Um, sorry, prostate meeting, um, they, they're, they are going to be talking about their, their prostates. Sure. Um, and uh, is this fact, a real organization or is he just taking the piss? He's taking the piss. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. anyway, uh, I was this, thinking of joining. He's seen this, this <laughs> advert for a high potency prostate formula. Uh -huh. um, and he reckons that the Littleton Prostate Club should um, bring up their own formula. So the high-potency prostate formula has got um, lycopene, zinc, um, pygium, African, Africanum, um, palmetto, pumpkin seed, nettle root. Um, and it says, in quotes, ingredients which are not often found in the average diet. And he says, good stuff, but we think, like to think we've gone one better. Our soon-to-be-launched super prostate booster <laughs> contains ingredients never found in the average diet. They include, are you ready for this? Yeah. Sciency words, latinate sprinkles, various scrap metals, exotic plant extract, one recognizable thing for reassurance, and a paradoxically non-poisonous bit of a mildly poisonous plant. <laughs> it should go down a storm. Nice. Of course, we won't be explaining how these ingredients benefit a prostate. Uh, anyway, it's a it's a great little article. That is very um, funny. I recommend you read it if you fancy a giggle. And it just just shows how ludicrous this whole thing is. Um, you know, when you read stuff like this, it's like, yeah, they are crazy. Anyway. Hmm. It's very easy, particularly if you're a believer, to just to read things and yeah, accept and go, them at yes, face value good. and say, oh, cool, that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll actually move on to that later. Yes. We'll move on to that later when I have my rant. Oh, good. <laughs> a prime example for people who think that things like Facebook are really stupid and useless um, the next article is about a teething necklace website that has been ordered to take down misleading info. And literally about 20 minutes ago, the person who was responsible for that, Mark Hannah, Hannah has just posted on Facebook. Um, and there's another article that's just come out, like, today. So, so Mark Hannah comes along to Auckland Skeptics. Mm -hmm. um, and this just shows the kind of stuff that you can do with very little effort, mm. um, making these companies, you know, accountable for what they put on the internet. And well done, Mark. We're very Indeed. proud of you. So back to the original episode, the original episode, the original article, um, a company selling amber bead necklaces for teething infants has been told to change misleading information on its website. Complaint was raised, tumty tumty tum, the website for bar bar beads saying it contained unsubstantiated therapeutic claims, uh, which apparently it did, and they have changed their website. It was upheld, and they were told. Um, the complaints board held that the stating such a wide range of benefits, including reduction in pain and inflammation associated with teething, earaches, fevers, upset tummies, a lack of appetite, and dramatically improving the body's immunity, required significant substantiation. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they hadn't provided, provided such information, and um, they were told to change. Hmm. The, um, the the original article I saw about the um, result was in the Herald. And the issue I had with that article is that the the 
reporter obviously hasn't done their homework because they went and used the stock photo, stock photo of a baby, of a baby chewing, chewing on tea yeah. on these but beads. The actual and the beads. beads, it's it clearly specifies on the website that they're not designed to be chewed. Yeah, it's just it's contact it's just with skin. And contact with skin does it. That's not going to be the reporter though. That's basically That's, going to be the editorial yeah. team yeah, or the website but, team. Yeah, um, at any rate, very um, misleading. I've just had a look at their website and. It's a very nice-looking website in general, but it just says here that Barbar Beads has been established since nine, uh, since 2009. So I'm not sure what they mean by that. Argument from antiquity. And... Well, yes, but that's... <laughs> apparently, it's it's been established since 2009. Yeah. It wasn't established in 2009, as you'd think. Oh, oh well, I, no, I think... Yes, just, goddamn um, semantics, because semantics yeah. is important. Can I tell you another commit. story from my holiday that relates um, to this? Is it related? <laughs> yes. All right, um, Stephen and I had a couple of days in Edinburgh, and we went to the National History... Yeah, National History... No, blah, National Museum of Scotland, and they had an exhibit on amber. Um, and that was really interesting, and they had lots of... It was fabulous. They had lots of creatures stuck in amber that we got to see, like little flies and mm. various things like that. Mm. Um, but they also had a thing about medicinal uses of amber, kind of relating back to right. antiquity, yeah. and they didn't once mention amber teething beads, and I was very <laughs> pleased, and I wrote them a little, well done, you guys, for not mentioning amber teething beads in your exhibit. Did they write you back something along the lines of, well, oh, I tweeted what? them as What's well. This? No, I no, no, know they about were, that. Hang were, on. Um, we'll so, put it yeah, in. I was, I was pleased. They, it was, and they also, in fact, they, they also had a little um, video about... Um, Jurassic Park, because yes. of course Jurassic Park starts with. Always going to make a Jurassic yeah. Park joke. So, and they again, they had a little video at the end of the exhibit, um, explaining basically why that was nonsense. Yeah. So it was very, it was very good. Yeah. It was a very sciencey um, and no so, pseudo nonsense. Yeah. And I was very pleased, and I told them so. But back to the Bar Bar Beads <laughs> oh, website. Yeah. Has it been removed? Well, no, because you click on the Beads for Babies link and it says amber teething necklaces are becoming the favourable preference as a non-invasive solution for the side effects associated with teething, such as earache, fevers, upset tummies and lack of appetite. This is Europe's preferred natural pain reliever. Well, if that's not making claims, I don't know what is. This is interesting because they've also got the same, some things under, um, under the pet section as well. Oh my god! You get beads for pets. Yes, you get beads for pets. Oh, oh it's um, a flea repellent. The second way in which one hundred percent blah 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 works is it has electrostatic properties. Static electricity is generated. Tum tum tum. I suppose that's. Oh, which is also which a tick a and flea deterrent. I don't know. Is that? It probably isn't. Um, but also says the longer your pet wears the necklace, the more effective it will be. Now that seems like a pretty strong claim, and that they are claiming that it's more effective. Well. Wear it for long um, enough, and it'll cover all the pets in your house, maybe. So, so actually, it'll be interesting to find out from Mark whether they they have changed their thing because what they say now is they still say it releases oils that help calm hmm. and soothe babies. Yeah. Well, okay then. Well, that leads us, so we should ask him. Let's have a look at the at the one that's just popped up today. ASA sides with complaints over teething necklaces. It may actually just be more on the same. Thing is yeah, I think he's just, just, on, no, just that it's also been, say. just news talk ZB has taken up a story, the story possibly. Yeah, man who's taken on the makers of so-called teething necklaces is having success after success at the Advertising Standards Authority. Sellers of Baltic amber beads have been marketing them as a natural painkiller. Mark Hanna also challenged claims the beads helped boost the immune system, tum tum, and the Standards Authority has now sided with him. Um, yeah. 
It's really funny how long they have to make to make the changes. Yeah. Well, in the article it said, um, accepted the complainant's concern, provided some more evidence on the properties and benefits of the product, and reworded, reworded parts part. of its website so as to make our advertising clear. Well, so ah, presumably they've done it. Still, yeah, well, that's still... The, the best thing that could I haven't happen, looked at though, what people say yet. Hang the on. best thing that could happen would be for people to actually go into places that were selling these because they are being sold in pharmacies as mm. well, and say, well, why are you selling those things? Because there was this complaint about it, and and try and get the pharmacies to actually mm. stop Get them selling. worried about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. We'll put a link to the website so you can all have a look, and um, if you feel like making a complaint about that, it's relatively easy, I think we decided. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Oh, Just go, go to the website. Research, uh, although so. we believe and trust natural therapies for our families, we are aware and must advise that these treatments may not work for everyone. You should always work with your medical practitioner whenever you begin a new therapy, even if it is a natural treatment. Well, that's fair enough. But, um, yeah, so basically blaming you if it doesn't work right. <laughs> is what they're doing. Works for us, but it might not work for you. Yes. <laughs> a load of nonsense. Hmm. Are becoming the favourable preference for a non-invasive solution with the side effects associated with teething. Ah, this humbug. is Europe's preferred natural pain reliever? Doubt it. What? Doubt it. I think that's aspirin, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Gosh, there's a Morphine. load of stockers in New Zealand. Blooming oh, really? it. The baby factory nationwide and Perhaps radius a, pharmacies. I think we should start something big to get these worth big ones. E uh, writing to all of them, send them a letter yeah, saying, hey, absolutely. you're aware. At least even if a couple stopped socking them, that would be... Mm. Another example there of skeptics being Nazi bully boys and trying to ruin <laughs> someone's livelihood. Well, they should Good. pick a better livelihood. Get a real job. Exactly. <laughs> I, now, I don't even, I'm not even going to say that. I, if you don't want to have a real job, that's none of my business. But if right. you're not a find real job... A, find an honest way of making a living. <laughs> yes. So that's all about New Zealand. Let's move on to everybody's favourite segment. Susie <laughs> rants about the Ponsonby News. I don't know. Is this actually anyone's favourite? I don't know. I like it. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find Perhaps out. Email us back if you think it's if it's your favourite and let us know we if like it's it. not. <clears throat> Go, Susie. Today we're going to be talking curries and clairvoyance. Of course. How's that? That's fantastic. And even literally correct. <laughs> so, yes. um, I. <laughs> what can you say when you um, the so the Ponsby News has a new columnist. They didn't want me, obviously. No. Because I'm far too evidence based. Yes. Um, no, they have a new columnist, and um, she's called Sheena. And she's writing an astrology column. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the reason they've got her is because, um, well, people obviously love to have their fortunes told. Um, and she is she has got a little booth um, at our local uh, new um, Ponsonby sort of market. Farmer's market. Uh, right. Well, yeah. Um, and oh, oh, where do you start? So she's, so she's written a column for, um, for Cancerians. Right. This this month. Is it, is it is that the right? Is it their month? It must be their month, I guess. Um, why would you write about anybody else? And, um, well, why? Does it, does astrology only happen and work for you <laughs> when it's your month? When it's your month, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but it's just this fantastic, um, just utter gobbledygook. Um, your lucky number is the day of your birth. Jeez. Um, helpful I'm born advice. on the thirteenth. Here we go. Your lucky number, my, my lucky number is five twelve seventy six. <laughs> <laughs> Happy advice. Uh, helpful advice. Your tantrums cause fatigue. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
particularly if they're particularly vigorous. And oh, Cancerians. So are we actually, oh, we're actually reading out the specific. Yeah, Cancerians okay. apparently have a secret desire to be loved and accepted unconditionally by a sexy, beautiful lover. Who does not have that <laughs> desire? <laughs> oh yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> confused there. Um, what's Sagittarius? Well, that's it. She's only done cancer, so you're going to have to what? wait till your month. Well, what the fuck sort of horoscope? Only no, does it's not one... a horoscope. It's oh, an astrology sorry. column called Stardust. Astrological right. prediction. Well, she's not predicting anything. She's just talking a load of nonsense. <laughs> she's going to be writing a monthly column on each of the star signs. Right, so this is just telling Cancerians, hell, Generally don't what, have what they're about. Don't have okay. tantrums because they'll make you tired or something. Yep. Um, and... Hang on, hang on. Let me get a pen. I'll write this down. <laughs> And, and what was the other thing that it was quite good? Find and you have a secret desire. Cancerian. You have a secret desire to be loved and accepted unconditionally by a sexy beautiful oh, yes, lover. Yeah. And you should find your niche for career-wise. Oh, well, so, have not thought of that? Are you ready? Yeah. It could be law, business, arts, politics, a landlord, um, collecting antiques, hoarding vintage things. How is that a career? <laughs> covers a fairly fuck? broad <laughs> spectrum of. Well, not a lot of arty things though, was there? What about selling natural cures? Um, or writing pointless is capable of being a manager of money and an owner of real estate i mean for fuck's sake is that only one twelfth of the population 90 percent of of people that can manage something it's right next to the tantric belly dancing advert okay kind of anyway um okay so moving on to curries okay this is a different article is it yes so is is she a clairvoyant is she a clairvoyant too well, no, oh, you no, talked you about should... clairvoyance and curries. Well, she basically tells fortunes. Oh, right. So she has this fortune-telling booth. Oh, okay. Um, which is kind of clairvoyancy, isn't it? Well, that, isn't that psychic? Oh, well, whatever. Uh, Cle- What's Cle- really Cle- funny, though, mm. is the picture of her is kind of standing in front, in front of, of the <laughs> Is that? I'm sorry, that's photoshopped, right? <laughs> yeah, so it definitely is, I'm sure. Oh. Wow. With her lace gloves on. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. <laughs> okay, moving on to curries. Um, my uh, nemesis, John Appleton. Yes. Um, this month is talking about. Um, oh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Uh, curcumin, which is the yellow, uh, which is the part of turmeric that gives turmeric its um, color. Yellow color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there's now another. Oh, it's um, anti-inflammatory. It's an anti-everything oxidanty. Probably you should take it and. Um, I've been taking it daily for several years. I just wonder what he doesn't take, frankly, um, and hadn't hadn't had the opportunity to assess its potential, despite the fact he'd been taking it every day <laughs> for years, um, until he recently had surgery on a prolapsed lumbar spine disc. Um, and then following the surgery, he had intravenous and oral vitamin C and increased his dose of a unique form of curcumin. Um, and it basically helped him. And, uh, and, and how does he know it. this? Well, there you go. Anyway, <clears throat> so he gives some stuff. Um, but what's really important, as he says, he's got a huge file of information on this substance. And so in order to help the New Zealand public, he has created a website. Oh, of course. Um, so where you can learn all about this spice for all seasons, he calls it. Um, would, would I be able to buy anything oh, from this website, it's funny Susie? You should ask that, Nathan, because it just so <laughs> happens that John Appleton also sells it. Wow. There you go. He doesn't mention that, but um, he does sell <clears throat> it. I, I did find it. Fifty dollars a month, basically. What? Yeah, Sorry, so he's actually extracting this thing from the. He's not actually just selling you. 
the spice. Is it, he's not exactly extracting <laughs> this particular he, ingredient. Um, he, he, well, he's getting it from somewhere. Okay, um, yeah, not himself personally. Obviously, um, where does he where does he get it from? I don't know. Anyway, the so it's kind of interesting because there is there is um, oh, and he spelt it wrong as well. Oh, that's so funny on his, Spel- website, what, his website. Spelt or? it wrong. Introduction to Kirkuckman. Anyway. Oh, God. <sighs> um, so yeah, he'll fix it now when he, when he listens to the podcast. That's true. Um, so there is certainly some evidence that um, it might have a, a positive effect for some things, and there are definitely trials and stuff going on. One of the really interesting things about this is the bioavailability of this compound right so actually it's pretty poorly bioavailable when you take it um oh okay so you have to take an awful lot huge amounts of it for it to actually have an effect and so and whether with still whether it's bioavailable after having had a huge amount is also questionable so um a lot of research is also going into trying to find ways to deliver it better so it kind of seems ironic that you know still quite not clear what it would be useful for or whether, um, how but much but it, whether actually yeah. what you take you get and um yeah. so and essentially so what you're saying is if i when i buy this stuff from this guy i should buy quite a lot of it well that's that would seem to be what they, vast 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 quantities vast of quantities, it yeah and even then you can't be guaranteed you're actually going to get any of it in your body okay <laughs> and you're probably better off having so I should some curries. Like sleep in it or something no in i would just bathtub. say have some curries have some curries, have some right. curries curry. with a bit of turmeric really and we know a good way to have it is in your diet right right but okay. you know, it's no. not like, and, and I think one of the statements was he he said it was that um, him, you know that that basically, you know, what's the difference between us and India? You know, they get less forms of cancer than us. It's like really? you know, and the only difference is that they what sort of cancer? Or oh, it was it was just some some you know statement that um, that they didn't even specify what kind of cancers it's just like yeah people in india get this cancers fewer mm. so, sorry fewer um and they you know, also as wa- though wash the their only clothes difference, the yeah well exactly <laughs> as if the only difference between us and them was our cu- curcumin and turmeric yeah. intake right. it's like a flipping hell's sake it's not true <laughs> anyway he's just you've but, already said for fuck's sake in the podcast sorry, okay. Don't i'm pretty sure allowed to swear in the podcast we've <laughs> okay. been doing it since um it's just oh <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Oh, no. I, yeah. You want a cup of tea? I'm all right, thanks. Good. I wanted to have a little rant, actually. Oh, go on there. Okay. I don't know if we're allowed to do that, are we? It's Susie rants. Well, not Craig rants. So something that's actually going on as we record at the moment is that there is a Texas homeschool convention Ooh. going on. Can I follow so them on Twitter? Um, well, they live tweeting it. Live streaming. Anyway, one of the one of the um, presenters at the Texas Homeschool Convention oh, oh, oh. is Ken Ham, Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis. I love Ken now, Ham. Now, the, the, the interesting thing about this is that um, Aaron Ra yes. uh, and the Houston atheists wanted to um, protest about um, Ken Ham turning up at this homeschool convention. And so they've actually organized their own um, convention to go on at the same time called Answers in Science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice. Aaron Ra is funny a thing. He's prominent. A, he's a prominent atheist. YouTube atheist. Yes. The funny thing is that um, originally the Houston atheists challenged Ken Ham to a debate. Oh yes. And Ken Ham said, "Oh well, um, because because Aaron Ra doesn't have a PhD, 
um, we're not going to debate with you. I'm sorry, what's Ken Ham's PhD? Well, he doesn't. But no, 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 <laughs> he said, no, no, Ken Ham won't debate. Oh, won't debate. But he'll get one of his PhD scientists on the staff at Answers in Genesis. Well, yeah, a PhD to, in economics well, or something. No, 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 no. There's, there's actually one that's got um, PhD in microbiology, oh. I think. Something like that. You say that. Anyway. But. But. As you so, know, yeah. So. I do so, know some microbiologists don't believe in evolution. I think they're crazy. Aaron Ra and his gang came up with a PhD scientist to debate answers in Genesis <laughs> and PhD scientists. And that's PZ Myers. <laughs> <laughs> but. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm all of a sudden they've gone they, all quiet. I wonder if they oh. have a problem with PZ Myers and Perhaps for some they reason. Do. Perhaps they do. So the funny thing is that um, the Answers in Genesis people have put out a courtesy notice to the attendees at the convention. Right. And, it's, and here is what it says. It has come to our attention that a handful of protesters may be present outside the hotel where the convention will take place. They will be protesting creationism and the presence of Ken Ham president slash ceo of answers in genesis our convention security personnel will be present at all times and be watching the protesters the entire time while we don't anticipate any problems we ask that attendees observe the following rules for their safety while entering and exiting the convention hotel number one avoid speaking with the protesters (laughs) oh no we wouldn't want you to actually learn anything from them While it's important that they hear God's truth, this is not the correct venue and they will o- and will only embolden their presence. Be polite and respectful. The protesters will most likely aim to make you flustered. Quickly excuse yourself from the conversation and proceed what to the convention what? or the car. We just got told not to talk to them. Yeah. Pray for them. Pray we for them. We were all lost once ourselves, but um, by God's grace we have been saved. Your uh, safety is always our concern and our security personnel are professionally trained. If at any time you experience a problem or have a question, please don't hesitate to ask us at the information booth near the entrance. Wow. So he's also so, posted about it on his um, yeah. on his Facebook, which is ridiculous. I li- I've liked his page at one point to make a comment on one of his posts. Yeah. Any comments you make will be deleted. He, not only that, but he blocked me. Yeah, yeah. So you, now I can You only I, get to make I one comment. I still see all of his statuses <laughs> yeah. as they come out, but I can't actually comment on any of them. It's incredibly yeah. frustrating. Um, uh, the just, atheists are out in force. Well, a handful of athe- our atheists are protesting me, of atheists, at the Texas Tumty Tumty Tum. They're holding up signs clearly showing that they do not understand science. <laughs> they don't understand the difference between their beliefs about the past versus real empirical science. Speaking they are the ones. Of Ken's, yes. Um, did anybody predict the earthquake in Wellington recently? Um, <laughs> there was an interesting discussion going on on the Skeptics in the Pub Facebook page in which Ken, ha- Ken Ring was a participant. Oh, okay. And the okay, earthquake yeah. in Wellington happened during that conversation. And uh, I think it was shortly after that that he became uh, mysteriously quiet. Oh, okay. Uh, it sort of petered, it's petered out now. But it was quite interesting. If you do feel like going to the Skeptics in the Pub Facebook page and see if you can find it. Um, it's just more of the same, though, to be honest. Auckland Skeptics in the Pub. Auckland Skeptics in the Pub, yes. Uh, if I can find it and create a link for it, I might put it in the in the notes. So the signs that these people are holding up. Um, love your kids with real science. Trust your kids with truth. The, I love the Aaron um, T-shirt, actually. Deceivers seek believers. Uh, the That's Flintstones really is not a documentary. Um, our children trust you don't teach them lies creationism does not equal science 
Wow. So there you go. That's um, interesting news about Ken Ham. What were we actually talking about before we got uh, distracted? Oh, the Ponson with News. Yes. yes. You were ranting yeah. and then we're moving and on. And I read and ranted. Yes. There you go. I've <coughs> ranted. I, I kind of feel left out now. I haven't got anything to rant about. Oh, well. Next time. Okay. Um, <coughs> so we've got a quote for the day. Quake. Craig. Craig. Yes. Quote. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, you could claim that anything's real if the only basis for believing in it is that nobody's proved it doesn't exist. Can you can you do that in the actual voice? No. Oh. <laughs> it's by J.K. Rowling. It's a quote um, from one of the characters, though, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, it feel, feels like a Hermione quote. Really? Oh, okay. one of my favourite quotes from from the Harry Potters is, I think it's it's one of the Weasleys, Mrs. Weasley maybe, who says, "Never trust anything if you can't see where it puts its brain." <laughs> Thing about um, the diary. Hermione Granger. I mean, you could claim that anything's real if the only oh, basis. Oh, oh, very good. Oh, she could to do but it. But she's a fictional character. <laughs> she's a fictional character, so she didn't. I just feel that it. appropriate attribution it. requires that. <laughs> Hermione via channeling. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting because it's yes. the sort of thing okay. Hermione would say. Yes. Yeah, well, this is true. This is true. Uh, and Hermione's awesome. Okay. What film? Or what book? Um, it was to the, uh, to what's the name? Lovegood. About his magazine where he publishes all his crazy, um, crazy beliefs. So it would have been one of the later, third, one of the later no, books. No, it's not the third. third. No. no. Fourth or fifth. Luna Lovegood's no. not in number three. No, no she's not. Okay. It would have been one of the later ones. I'll Probably defer, not the last two. I'm going to say Harry Potter geeks. I'm going to say six. What do you reckon? Five. Five. Yeah, I Let's think have a Should we find out? More. Oh, God. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> is it that or is it um, talking to... Uh, we've just been watching number three quite a lot at the moment and I just love... Um, number three's got Professor Trelawney in it. Oh, well, that's <laughs> the one with the time trainer, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just that's love one of the, the earlier ones. The, the, um, the astrology class. The terribly yeah. convenient yeah. time turner that actually is not really consistent. Have you really seen ever. how it should have ended? There's no. a series of. Anyway, oh, let's okay. wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, that was the quote. <laughs> let's get back to word of the day. I'm going to go with dactyliomancy. Please do, because I love that one. Dactyliomancy is the divination by means of a finger. <laughs> do you have to cut it off? Or well, that's the question, is whether it's a dead finger, it? a live finger, or how someone does the fingers to you. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord, that doesn't look... Uh, travel in your future, because <laughs> you've just... The way you hold your middle finger. Divination by means of a finger. Dactyliomancy. Right. I like that word. I like that too. And <laughs> it says, remember the clap. Which I don't think is so. I think Craig's been putting his um his notes from his personal calendar in uh, in our in oh, our time. What? What? You have been listening to. Oh yeah. Hang you, on. So what? suddenly this says rings. The website I can see says you're using rings, and that's when you put the ring on a piece of string. Have you led us astray, what? you know? What? Why am I pushing that button so many I just times? had a look at. Rings, not fingers. Define. Well, you put a ring on a finger. No, you put the ring on a piece of string. Well, that's um. Oh, divination by means of finger rings. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. wait. Finger rings, rings. not fingerings. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) 
I'm going to be very, very upset with this website if it's leading me wrong. <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia says divination by, by means, means of, of rings. Of a finger. They don't put the fingers in there. He's he's missed out the word ring on that. Oh. Wow. I'm so mad. Wow. I apologize, everyone. From now on, I will be double-checking all of my words with Google to make sure that we are right. Okay. Using rings oh. as a pendulum. Well, over a surface that is marked with letters or symbols. I wondered yeah. whether it was, you well, know. I, think I like I, this word less now. Yeah, I like this word no, less. But I think it's a fairly common practice, actually. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, the whole, the whole yeah. pendulum thing. Oh, right? and yeah. doing the, how, what sex the baby's going to yeah, be. Yeah, yes, yes. no, yes. up, down, using oh, um, yes. idiomotor effect. Exactly. Right. Which would be an interesting. Um... Is there a way of <laughs> Bill and Fleur's wedding. Using was that? fingers. Um, I don't know now. <laughs> well, perhaps you could invent a word for it, Nathan. Oh, I can. Anyway. Uh, yes, moving on. So, suitably chastised, it is now my duty to announce that you have been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. If you'd like to send us a message or ask us a question, check out the Contact Us page on our website, thecast.org.nz. <laughs> I have pressed the record button, but only I can once. see that the um, levels are going up and down <coughs> as we are making noise. Right. And it's tracking and it's on. staying there. And it's staying there. Okay, And good. Um, it's all good. Right. I think. Good. Shall I pause it and rewind? No, no, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> well, have we done a test to make sure it's we, actually recording? It is. It, okay. Come and look. I believe you. <laughs> thing is, I've believed you twice before as well. <laughs> and uh... It's definitely recording. And the levels are good. I've just found a website for deviceless dowsing, which I guess you could say would be devising, de using, de uh, dowsing using your fingers. fingers. Right. So that's 